I'm a big fan of immigration. It's the lifeblood of our country. People that come to Canada looking for a fresh start, a better life, a place to raise their kids. I'm also a fan of the rags to riches narrative. People that come with little or nothing, and through hard work and passion, they create, they build, they employ, and they give back. Hi, I'm Tony Chapman, host of Chatter That Matters, presented by RBC. And what you're about to hear is a true story that combines both and so much more. Please welcome entrepreneur extraordinaire, Kathy Cheng from Redwood Classics. Thank you for having me, Tony. So describe Redwood Classics. Well, Redwood Classics is a third-generation full-service apparel manufacturer. We specialize in private label. Who do you do private label for? The number of branded merchandise agencies, as well as high-end designer and retail brands. Let's rewind a bit. Your family immigrated to Canada in the 1970s. Why the move and why Canada? I think like most immigrant families, we came to Canada for the hope of a better life, uh, for hope of a new beginning. How old were you? Uh, I was four years old. Did you know any English? I didn't speak any English. When I was researching your story, I learned that your family came over with very little. We came to Canada with absolutely nothing. My mom was a seamstress by day. Uh, My dad worked three jobs and uh, he was a cutter by day. And my dad also delivered pizza. And this was before Google Maps. So it was really challenging to come to a new country and learn a new neighborhood and to learn a new language. And he was also a server at, uh, in Chinatown in one of the Chinese restaurants. How did that impact you? I was actually a latchkey kid at the age of five with two parents that were working full time. And as an only child, really, I was able to learn and hear and listen to English when I was in school. That's a lot for a young kid. I would be the one as we moved, uh, I would be the one calling cable companies and Bell Canada at the time. I learned a lot of independence without realizing it. Kathy, did you ever resent your parents for taking to a country where you didn't speak the language or where they're never home, they were always working? I don't believe I did resent my parents. I understood. My parents were always very open and frank and and really they they taught by example. You know, there is actually a Chinese proverb um, which I absolutely love. Tell me, I forget. Show me, I remember. Involve me, I understand. Tell me, I forget. Show me, I remember. Involve me, I understand. Those are wise words. I grew up with that Chinese proverb and I think as I grew older and more mature, I realized um, what the experience that I had growing up is really a gift. In what way? It allowed me to recognize some of the values that they've instilled in me, which is the value of hard work, the need to be grateful, and the importance of resilience, which I think many first-generation immigrant families can relate to. Sometimes the toughest of circumstances can present the most wonderful of gifts. Your dad and mom go from working several jobs to finding their way to becoming entrepreneurs. Where did they get that courage? Um, I think my family has always had the entrepreneurial spirit and the entrepreneurial blood in, in, in them. Did they do this together? 
My dad started the company, the factory, in 1988 with his brother and sister. So describe the business back then. Five people and ten machines. That's a small business. Did it stay that way? It's a bit of a Cinderella story because from five people and ten machines to fast forward to the late 90s, at that point, we're directly employing close to 500 people. How did you grow so quickly? We're one of the key manufacturers of a number of private label businesses,、uh, major brand names that not only were they iconic、uh, Canadian brand names, but then we expanded into a number of U.S. retail brand names. What changes did you see in your dad when he went from working three jobs to being responsible for five hundred people? I actually don't think I saw much change in him. It's always the hard work. He's always the first one in the factory, always the last one to leave. My father is my hero. He's my mentor, and he's someone I really look up to because、um, I'm just so proud of him. At your peak, you're employing 500 people. You're in three locations, over 200,000 square feet of space. But then, in 2001, China joins the World Trade Organization. Quotas are lifted, and overnight, you're fighting for survival. And it becomes more and more challenging to compete when there are countries that are producing apparel cents to a dollar in terms of labor cost. And then, seven years later, your company and many others crash into a great recession, and you almost lose your business. The demand and the business landscape for domestic production was really not necessarily there to support the scale of the business that we had scaled to. And your family has to make a big decision. Most textile families in Canada gave up the fight. Your dad wasn't ready to throw in the towel, but he had a condition that involved you. Surprisingly, asked me. To be his business partner. So, how did you react? My initial reaction was, "No way, man! I thought I was going to be out of this business." So, what changed your mind? I remember going and being on the production floor amongst、um, humming of machines and the idea of not having the factory there anymore. And as I'm standing there, I feel this wave of emotion. I think I'm hearing sobbing, and the idea of not having this factory around. Got out, and、um, it just hit me. And my aha moment was, "Holy smokes! I need to do this." Why? It dawned on me, being my dad's business partner meant that we can give back to our makers. A number of our makers have been with us at that point for ten, fifteen, twenty years. There's so much of your dad and mom inside of you. We had to make some tough decisions to survive. January two thousand and nine, my dad and I became business partners, and we humbly restructured with forty people. We moved into one of the factories that we had outgrown in the nineties, and that tile that was broken when we left was still broken. Manufacturing used to power the Canadian economy, but here's another example of a factory abandoned, and years later, there's nothing left but a broken tile and the dreams of a past era. Kathy, you can't cut your way to growth. Success can only happen if you find a competitive advantage. Where was yours? 
we just kept our head down and really focused on made in Canada. We were fighting fast fashion mm -hmm. and there wasn't such thing called slow fashion. What's fast fashion? Everything was what's the quickest and what's the cheapest we can get this at. You know, Zara, H&M, and Ritzy have all made their name with this disposable fashion, changing their product assortment weekly versus seasonally. But on the other hand, an entrepreneur doesn't always ride with the herd. While everybody's doing cheap, disposable, fast fashion, Kathy focuses on quality. Kathy, how did you know there would be a demand for quality, lasting fashion, and with it, a higher price point? There were consumers that would call and say, I, uh, I have this sweatshirt I've worn for 10 years. I love it. It's, I've washed it a million times. I just want to get more. Where do I get more? That's another Kathy aha moment. So describe your strategy. We may be a niche player in a very niche market, but if we can be top of mind in a niche market, that's not a bad place to be. It's been 11 years since you became partners with your father. And as you described, humbly downsizing to 40 people. What's happened in your watch? We have almost tripled our headcount. We've definitely tripled our uh, plant operating space. And your top line? Um, and top line, we're also growing. And you've really focused on the Redwood Classics brand. How's that changed in terms of distribution? We work with a tight network of uh, branded merchandise distributors. You also have a direct-to-consumer business. We started selling through retail distributors as well. So now retailers are knocking on our door saying, hey, we, we love this Redwood Classics brand and we would love to have it as a staple within the store. Every brand needs an essence, a reason to believe. With Redwood Classics, it's sewn with quality, made in Canada, ethically sourced, and all wrapped up in what Kathy calls slow fashion. Kathy, it's a wonderful story of a family business, immigrants coming over that didn't speak the language, doing so much and giving so much back. I can't wait to come back with the three thought leaders, their insights, ideas, and inspiration. Stick around. Hi, it's Tony Chapman, host of Chatter That Matters, presented by RBC. I'm so proud for how RBC continues to step up for small business during these tough economic times. Go Canada United. They brought together every Chamber of Commerce and over 60 organizations with one intent to encourage Canadians to shop locally. Small business owners can now go to Go Canada United for an application for funds to help their business move forward. Speaking of moving forward, you can also go to a small business navigator portal that RBC has established, and it's packed with insights, information, and inspiration for small business owners to make the right moves going forward. Here's to RBC and to you, because small business matters. And speaking of what matters, let's see what the experts have to say about Kathy's business. Kathy, I reached out to Lori Darlington from RBC. She's been on the podcast before. She's a big ambassador small business within the bank big part of her role in the last little while was go canada united every chamber of commerce 60 organizations getting together to rally canadians to buy local and i wanted to take all of that learning and compress it and give me her insights on what it takes for a business like yours to succeed so Lori darlington what do you think of kathy chang and her business redwood classics I absolutely love the story. There are so many aspects of the story that resonated with me. I love that they continue to support countless immigrant families as they, they come to the country with different opportunities. 
Lori, I have a question. I mean, we know this is a remarkable story, but what is even more impressive is how Redwood reinvented and reimagined itself after China joined the World Trade Organization. It was a matter of survival. How does RBC factor that kind of resilience into the equation when you're dealing with a small business client? That was an incredible part of the story to hear how they were able to pivot in the way that they did. And that's something I think so many entrepreneurs, as you say, in in light of COVID, have been able to really think about how they pivot and what they need to do. Having ongoing conversations with your, your financial institution, whether that's RBC or others, and just really helping them understand. And so much comes back to that business plan that we've talked about. It's, it's understanding what your business needs, understanding what resources you're going to be required, and understanding how those, those major pivots, because that was a major pivot for them, how that's going to help them be successful in the longer term. I imagine all three experts are going to look at Redwood and say she needs to differentiate. She needs to find a way to separate herself from the pack. How do you think she can do that? I think that made in Canada, I really do think that is a differentiator for for Kathy and the company. And it is, I believe, a more important consideration that shoppers are thinking more about these days. I think they've done a wonderful job. I mean, you look at their website and just the, the stories that come through and the, the feelings that you get in, in meet, the, meet the Makers and whatnot. It really gives you a, a more personal understanding as to how they make such a positive impact and what and how they do it. I think an important part about the, the Made in Canada and the real differentiator for Redwood Classics is that promise of a very high quality product. And I think they've done a great job of that. So Kathy, what did you think of Lori Darlington from RBC and and her comments about your business? She brought tears to my eyes because to know that we've been following our North Star and, and approach the marketplace with purity and um, just our, our hearts open and just being very vulnerable to just share. And hope that we can inspire other immigrant families and other businesses to really contribute to this phenomenal, amazing country called Canada that's given us just new opportunities. Kathy, the next expert is David Kincaid. He founded his firm called Level 5 Strategy, and he operates at that level. He, he brings some of the most brilliant thinking to brands across the planet. He fell in love with your story, but he also has some really good expert advice. Let's listen to David. David, you've heard Kathy's story. You visited her website. You've seen what she and her family have achieved. Among all of that detail, what resonated with your big branding brain? There's a very human element to her business. I know she talked about, you know, getting to the point of leaving the business, but then she had to come back to it because she stood in that factory in the hum of the machines, I think was her, was her quote. There was something in that that made her know that this is what she needs to be involved in. So how does she harness that story? How does she use that something to set herself apart and define the essence of her business? I would try to get her to define two questions. Number one is the founder's vision. Why did they start this? Why, you know, they could have done probably, Kathy could have done all kinds of different things with, you know, her family's background. You know, it's a wonderful story. There's something in that that has given her and that family 
the vision to create what they've created and to go into the business that they're in. So the second question is once you've got that vision understood is an answer to a very simple question that most business people have a hard time and they struggle with. And that question is, what business are you in? That sounds like a simple enough question. What's the catch? Most of the time when I ask business owners, leaders, that question, the answer I get is what they make or what they sell. And I, I, I politely listen, but then I, I, I suggested them, well, okay, I didn't ask you what you made. I asked you what business you were in. Businesses survive when they create value. Value gets created as a result of you providing benefits to the market. So what is the benefit? So it's that understanding of the answer to that question combined with the owner's vision that really starts to inform that essence. The story informs the vision. The vision informs the value. Sounds like a simple formula, but it requires constant attention. That truly is the essence of a strong, resilient brand. It's an exercise. It's like peeling an onion. You have to keep asking why, why, why. And fundamentally, you do get to that essence. And great brands, great businesses survive because they've peeled that onion and they've answered that question. So let's say that Kathy does ask herself that question. And she does define the essence of her business. What comes next? I think she's got a great opportunity based on some of the consumer feedback I, I read to create a brand, not just to be a manufacturer. That's a huge leap. If you were coaching Kathy, what would you tell her? I'd be coaching her, pushing her to go up to that next level and declare the vision, the essence and really answer that question, what business do I want this organization to now be in? David, I must say, I was just as engaged in the story as you are. It really highlights the helix of passion resilience, the DNA that defines and drives so many entrepreneurs. And I'm glad to hear that you think there's still more story and more success for Kathy. I just loved her answers to you. You know, it becomes so personal. Like, it, this is a family's journey. It's a very personal statement that she's making, but she's wrapping it all up with generic service provider manufacturing language. You've got to find the, the magic that makes them them. And, it's, and I think it does link back to the family. I absolutely love the Chinese proverb, tell me, I forget. Show me, I remember. Involve me, I understand. She needs to get involved in answering these bigger questions. And I think she'd be great at it. So, Kathy, that was a master class from one of the masters in strategy. Oh, wow. I know it's a lot to take in right away, but your initial thoughts? My initial thoughts, excitement, extremely excited for what lies ahead in defining what our brand stands for. And I think he's right. I've, I have gone to the marketplace calling ourselves a full-service apparel manufacturer, but we are so much more than that. I know I do ask myself, you know, what's the why and what's the why? And I guess that's why I shared the story of, you know, my aha moment and why I got into this business. Um, and that's something that I, I believe I, you know, I think my team and I 
have to really think about and uh, start redefining that, our new why, I guess, the next level why or the future why. When I first started talking to you, Kathy, the expert that immediately came to mind was Jeannie Becker, one of the world's authorities on fashion and also a very special individual. What made this episode even more special is how similar Jeannie's upbringing was to yours. Jeannie, I had an ulterior motive to get you on this podcast. It's that your family history is also one based on immigration, sacrifice, and hard work. Would you feel comfortable sharing any of it? Absolutely. My parents immigrated uh, here in 1948, and my dad um, started a small little slipper factory in the basement of our downtown Toronto home in 1952. Were you well off? Listen, we lived in a house that was filled with other immigrants because that's the only way we could afford to have our own house. All the rooms of the house were rented out to different families. And my sister and my dad, my mom and I lived in two rooms on the main floor. And in the basement, there was this burgeoning little slipper factory. It eventually uh, grew to a a larger factory um, on the corner of Adelaide and John. Your parents must have worked really hard. My dad worked at that business seven days a week, 12 hours a day for decades. I mean, just worked like it just makes me cry when I think of how hard he worked. And I used to see him work that hard. And it, he just scrimped and saved to put a roof over our heads. I mean, it was never a big money maker, but somehow he managed to, to keep it all afloat. What happened to the business? You know, it was his life and he loved being a boss and he loved being in control. And he didn't necessarily like the nature of the business, but he liked the fact that he could call the shots, that he could be his own boss. That was very important to him. And, but then, you know, when he hit, you know, 70, he sort of got very ill and he just couldn't carry the business on anymore. And he just sold it for a song to somebody else. And end of an era. You know, a common theme in this podcast is the influence that parents have on their children. Well, Jeannie, you became and still are world-renowned in fashion. Did that possibly begin in that slipper factory? Every Saturday afternoon, that was the big treat to go down to my dad's factory and meet all the fabulous people that worked there. And at that time, he had all these Italian immigrants working for him, just a great crew of people. I absolutely loved them. And we, we would hear stories about them incessantly, of course. They became our extended family, in a sense. Speaking of family, let's talk about Kathy Chen and Redwood Classics, her family business. I totally can relate to everything that Kathy is passionate about, to everything that must frustrate Kathy about the business, because it's such a tough business. But it is a business that you've got to have a huge passion for, because in this country, it's not a huge money-making business. Does Kathy stand a chance? Kathy is behind a product that is so classy in my mind because it's made in this country it's made with love it's uh, really made with the best fabrics possible there's it's got so much going for it the styling is nice and clean and modern yet yet at the end of the day how do you really stand out from all that noise that's around you you've got to differentiate yourself so is redwood classic too classic Listen, this is a company that takes itself very seriously. And I was very, very interested in looking at their website. They've got these very sophisticated little videos talking about 
every little aspect of their company and, and introducing us to some of the players at work there. And, and that's all really cool. But there's something that lacked personality about it. And I hate to say that too, because I know Kathy is a gorgeous woman and she's got a bubbly personality. And it's not, it's not that she lacks the personality, but there's something about the personality of the brand that just isn't that compelling. So what's missing? I think they could go a little bit further and, and sex it up a little bit and, and just give it more of an identity. Um, give, it, give people a reason to come to that brand. Jeannie, you've traveled the world, you've interviewed leading designers. Draw upon that experience. What would you do if you were advising Kathy? Why not team up with, okay, this is just a crazy idea, a fashion school. Why not team up with Ryerson and do a program where you take some of their top fashion design students who are perhaps in their final year and give them a project to, to come into the factory. I mean, it would make for a great story. And let me guess, great fashion. Each one designs a piece with a bit of an edge to it. A capsule collection of, of pieces that are a little more fashion forward, that still maintain a, a certain sense of classicism to them, but have details in them that are just going to pop, that are going to be media worthy, that people are going to want to start talking about. Anything else? They do some, some beautiful colors. I know they're very proud of the fact they do their own dyeing on the premises, which is sensational. You know, maybe go a little wilder with it. Don't get locked into that total image of yourself as a company that's just going to do these classics. Have a little more fun with it. Have fun with, with graphics. So you take a gray hoodie, trick it up with a, with a graphic or a slogan, and that'll cut through the noise? If it said something on it, something that meaningful, some kind of maybe socio-political message, wow, wouldn't that be great? It wouldn't be expensive to do, but it would, it would just make the product a little more appealing, a little more newsworthy. Any final thoughts? I'm not exactly sure what Kathy's vision is right now. Is the sky the limit? I mean, is she a, a big, big dreamer? Or is she just in a position where she just wants to keep this company chugging along? And, you know, because if she remains focused on maintaining all the wonderful things that Redwood already represents, but just opening a little bit of a window and letting some fresh air in and seeing how she can reimagine the brand to be even more than it already is. But you are a fan. It really does stand for a lot and have utmost respect for, for this company and, and what it stands for. Just, it's, it's incredible and it's very heartwarming and it's, it's so good for our industry and, and just we as a people in Canada. However, I still think there's, uh, there's room for some creativity there that could take this company to the next level. And that's where I'd like to see Kathy go. Do you think your dad's looking down right now and smiling at you? I think my dad has just channeled this entire conversation. <laughs> I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm definitely my father's daughter. Final question. Did your dad have a proverb like Kathy's father did? He was a Holocaust survivor. His whole motto was don't be afraid and never give up. And that's what I'd like to tell Kathy. 
I just get chills looking at you and and, uh, I can see the tears in your eyes. For the listeners that we don't realize, we we record this so we can look at each other. That's a lot to take in. I mean, you're taking in Jeannie's quest and parallels to your family's quest and some incredible advice. What are your thoughts? Oh, my goodness. Um, She's definitely her father's daughter, as I am my father's daughter. I think she's given great insight. Um, it's uh, as she's sharing her thoughts, I'm polarized because uh, Redwood Classics has always been a business to business brand. And only in the last year or two have we expanded our marketplace into a business to consumer brand. Time back to what is our why then? Um, maybe that's helping us now having this conversation define what is our business? Is our business to um, enable ourselves, our makers, as well as our citizens and communities to um, live a prosperous life in Canada? It could be that. I'm, I'm not sure, but this has really gotten me to think a lot to redefine what our brand now stands for, wh- what our why is. Kathy, I end every podcast with my final thoughts. And you said something at the end of David's, you said so much more. And I think that is your North Star because there's so much more inside of Kathy Chang. Higher quest, higher purpose. And you're carrying a lot on your shoulders because you have to honor the sacrifices your parents made in the 70s when they left everything they knew and the only language they do and moved to a foreign country. You have to continue to honor the makers. The fact that we're still creating and sewing and putting things together and, and what that means for Canada and the GTA. And whether you're talking to your distributors or your private label or now going direct to the consumer, I think what I heard today is stop focusing on what you make and instead focus on the moments that that fashion will be worn. If I'm on a Zoom call and I put on one of your sweatshirts and there's just a little detail like GD talks about, I'm going to feel better in front of Zoom. If I'm walking in casual wear up to the street, I want to know that there's something that defines who I am and my personality. It's all about owning the moment, understanding that it's not about what you sell, it's about how it's worn and how people feel, whether it's armor that they're wearing, whether it's style, where it's there to track people. I think that's your higher quest. I'm so excited that you're part of this podcast. I am such a fan of the father's daughter and having you and Jeannie weave your stories together has just been something that I'll remember the rest of my life. So thank you for being part of Chatter That Matters. Thank you, Tony, so much for having me. Um, It's been wonderful to have experts like RBC, David Kincaid and Jeannie Becker help our business means the world to me and our family of makers. So thank you. To find details on how RBC supports its business clients, visit rbc.com slash business. You've been listening to Chatter That Matters with Tony Chapman. If you haven't already done so, subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. You can connect with Tony on Twitter at Tony Chapman through LinkedIn at Tony Chapman Reactions, or visit his website, TonyChapmanReactions.com. Chatter That Matters is produced by Tony Chapman Reactions and Eye Contact Productions.